This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I'm a sex and intimacy coach and psychologist, and I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. We are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. So believe it or not, we're back at the beginning again. And today the letter is A. A is for all the feels. Joining me today to talk about sex and all the feels is Raylene Toskoski. Raylene developed her unique mix of sex ed and stand-up comedy in living rooms throughout New England. For 12 years, she's educated women about how their bodies work and why they work that way. And along the way, she's gained some hilarious universal truths and insights that leave her guests roaring with laughter and a sense of relief that it's not just me. Stand-up comedy sex ed is about taking the living room on the road and letting everyone hear what we've been talking about in private. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really happy to have you. I love the idea of combining comedy with sex ed because sex is funny. That's exactly what I'm thinking about making my tagline. (laughs) Sex is funny. Go for it. I mean, you know, and it's one of those things that people, I get, I get this a lot people because particularly because I, um, I work a lot with people who are trying to spice their sex lives up and, and, um, people who are getting into kink and BDSM are all terribly serious about it, right? They think you have to be terribly serious. And sometimes it's just funny and you burst out laughing in the middle of something. Mm-hmm. And then they're mortified and everybody gets upset and angry. And, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. You know, it's really easy. It's funny. You're allowed to laugh. You're supposed to be having a good time. I feel like laughter um, creates the intimacy. Because that's when you're, you're relaxing and you're being genuine. When something is funny and you laugh or something happens and you laugh, then you're being genuine. You're in the moment now and you're not pretending. So I'm a big fan of laughter, even if that's all that happens. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I wanted to do this show because I hear a lot of young people, you know, they talk about all the feels. They talk about... Um, you know, catching feelings for someone, which I always find really amusing, um, like it's contagious. Um, And um, there's a lot of kind of dividing sex from feelings um, that happens, or the spectrum is it's either sex with no feelings or love. And, And like, there's nothing in between. And I think it's something that really needs kind of picking apart and looking at because my experience certainly um, as an educator, as a therapist, as a coach, and personally, is that sex can have all sorts of feelings attached to it. And um, it's not necessarily predictable how you're going to feel. 100%. There's, I mean, I've been married, (laughs) I've been married for 23 years and I could just tell you that even within married, the sex feelings are different from day to day. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just like, I'm going to do this for you because I love you, but God, I'm not into this. Sometimes it's like, why aren't you paying attention to me? I really want it tonight. And other times it's like, holy shit, that was the best sex ever. But if I tell him, I'll get a big head. <laughs> well, and you wouldn't want that. I don't want him to come back again tomorrow. Give me a break, man. <laughs> so, yeah, I know. And I mean, and there's this whole thing about connection for me and, and this can happen regardless of relationship style. I mean, people seem to think that it's, it's you know, once one relationship style corners the market on true love. So the only relationship style where you can have true love is monogamy, which isn't so. Um, you can have true love in all sorts of different relationship patterns. And the idea that um, of sex is an expression of love, 
which again is one of those ones where people are like, oh, that's terribly old fashioned. Well, that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it isn't. I mean, you can have love without sex. You can even have romantic love without sex. Absolutely. You certainly have lots of sex without love. And there's, you know, there's going to be a prism of, uh, on either side, a bell curve of where things fit in. And so there doesn't need to be all the feels, but there, it's also okay if there's no feels. Yeah. I'm okay I, with it. Yeah. And I mean, it's an individual choice. And I think one of the things, and I think social media has actually made this sort of peer pressure thing around stuff like this worse than it was in my day. I mean, it was bad enough in my day where, you know, good girls don't do this. You're a slut. If you feel this way, you know, um, if if you like sex, you're a slut. If you have sex, you're a slut. But if you don't have sex, you're a prude. I was, it was always right. wonderful messages that left you not knowing where the fuck to turn because no matter what you did, you were going to be wrong. And that's where I come in and I'm bumping up and I'm sure you too, bumping up against these belief systems that don't make sense. Or um, I get a lot of people who are raised in the purity culture and so they can't enjoy sex no matter what, because even though they were supposed to save it for marriage, nobody ever told them what it was. So everything that they're doing feels dirty and they're not able to just relax and do it. So this is an, this is an important one because not everybody knows what the purity culture is. So why don't you give a little description of well, the, what, the, what the, that the is. purity culture is basically just that you are supposed to save yourself from marriage and any thoughts of sex, any masturbation, any of that is against God. And you are expected to not have sex until marriage. And they do purity promises and they have purity rings. And it's it's very, I mean, there's the regular religious line, which is, you know, you're not supposed to do this. But then there's the purity culture, which is just a lot more hardcore. And so for, for me, that, what stands out is, you know, when you say the regular religious line. So that's the one where they say, do not have sex outside of marriage. Right. You can kiss. Really, that's all it was supposed to be. You weren't supposed to do anything else, right? But do not have sex outside of marriage. Masturbation, some, some religions talk about it and say no, but many don't even say anything about it. And actually, it's assumed that that's how people get through until marriage because people right. have sexual urges from very young. But the purity culture is like on steroids, right? Yep. Yeah, and what it leads to in a lot of cases and – forgive me if this is a generalization, uh, it leads to a lot of girls getting married very young to men who have preyed on them. And it because they go to the church and a church with purity culture, and then they say, God has claimed you to be mine. And then they say, oh, God claimed me to be yours, so I'm going to marry you. But then they wind up being in uh, marriages that are often not great. And uh, they have no power because they were never given any power over any of the decisions. Okay. So we're about five minutes from the first break. And um, I want to talk more about this when we come back from break. This week's episode is sponsored by Ballsy. There is nothing more exciting than a man who smells good everywhere. Um, And I guess this is something that isn't talked about a lot either, but I think it's really important to talk about hygiene. So Ballsy makes products for below-the-belt care that are absolutely delicious. And with Valentine's Day coming up, it's a really good time to give your man an original gift instead of a standard boring tie. If you didn't know, the skin on a man's balls is the most sensitive skin on his body. They get irritated easily, and of course, sweat collects there as well. Ballsy's products use yummy plant extracts and essential oils, and they don't have the nasty sulfates, parabens, and synthetic dyes. So I was looking over their site, which is ballwash.com, and my favorite gift set for Valentine's Day is the I'm Nuts About You set, which has their brilliant ball wash, a nut rub, which is a solid cologne that'll keep his jewels and the rest of his body smelling fresh, and it comes in six different fragrances. And if you're like me and your nose is really sensitive, that's a wonderful thing. And also a sack spray, which is a portable deodorizing spray that's great to throw into the gym bag for a quick freshen up. This set retails at $45, but my lovely listeners, you can get 20% off 
by going to ballwash.com and using coupon code ATOZ20. That's ATOZ20. So head over there and have a look and find a more interesting and certainly a Valentine's gift that smells better for your man. We'll be back in a couple of minutes. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives. But most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. Are you fed up with reaching outside yourself for an inner solution? The next diet, the next few pounds to lose, the next drink, the next shopping spree. Tune in to Already Enough with host Kelly Backert. You'll hear tips about how to stop endless searching for an outward solution to an inner condition. Get helpful tools about food, body, self-care, stress management, mental health, and how to live your best life. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex. This is part two of A is for all the feels. And I am with Raylene Kaskoski. And before the break, we were talking about purity, the purity movement. So shocking to me, I guess, because I haven't been terribly exposed to it. I've been living outside of the United States for um, 29 years. So it was not in full swing when I left. Um, I think what I find most upsetting about uh, what you said is that these young women have no information about their bodies. They have no information about what it is they're keeping pure, no information about sex, no information about desire and pleasure. And all of that can act, all of that instruction can be given with with someone not doing nothing and still still saving themselves for marriage. There's There's no reason not to have knowledge other than to control. Exactly. And I think that really is uh, the point of it uh, because it is kind of a religious based thing. Uh, I'm reading a little thing now since we brought it up that uh, purity pledges are vows taken by teenagers and young adults to abstain from sex before marriage. Purity rings sometimes worn as outward symbols that people have made the purity pledge and they have purity balls formal dance events attended by fathers and daughters that promote virginity until marriage for teenage girls. This doesn't sound terribly different than what just came up on the news with uh, that rapper who said that he goes to the doctor with his daughter to to make sure she's still a virgin. 
Did you miss that? I missed that. Oh, I wish I could remember his name off the top of my head. Um, I bet you I can find it in a second. Go for it. I love the internet. It's 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 a wonderful thing. I don't want to use the wrong Ti uh, rapper Ti. Really? Yes. He. Oh, um, bummer. He Sorry. said on a show back in December or uh, November that, and I I think it. I mean, I don't think it was tongue in cheek, but I don't think he realized how horrible it was. And he said that he goes to the OBGYN with his 18 year old daughter to make sure she's still a virgin. Well, there's, I mean, there's all sorts of wrong there. First of all, you can't make sure someone's still a virgin anyway. Right. Exactly. And virginity is question. You know, the idea that there is somehow a physical virginity evidence of physical virginity is fucking questionable. Anyway, we know True. there's all sorts of problems with this. Um, you know, many, many young women don't have hymens or they have hymens with openings in them already, or they break their hymens when they're riding horses or with tampons. I mean, there's all sorts. And, um, they're still doing a lot of this in Eastern Europe where there, there, there are virginity checks and there are some schools where there are virginity checks where they're taken into the school nurse to examine them. And I mean, baffles the mind. Yeah. I just want to scream because it's so totally fucking inappropriate and intrusive. And how come we're not looking to make sure boys are virgins? Yeah. That's like, or why are we not examining them? Why do we think it's appropriate to subject young women to an assault? Right. Well, technically, yeah, that's exactly what it is. For something that we can't, you can't prove anyway. The only person who knows if she's a virgin is her. And um, that's the way it is. Right. And now I'm hearing a lot um, that virginity is just a social construct. Yeah. And, and there's not, you know, like you said, there's no way to prove it. And there's also going to be a lot of girls out there and boys who have never, a lot of girls out there who will never be penetrated. So <laughs> that, I mean, so yeah. what does the virginity even mean? Well, what does it even mean is, is, is definitely the question. Well, we know what it was about and it's always been about. And it, it, again, making sure that um, the man who was marrying the woman that nobody else had possessed her. But what that was originally about was about paternity. That's what this was about. What it was about for people who don't get it is this was not so much about religion. This was the reason religion brought this in. It was not so much about decrees from the almighty or yeah, whichever almighties you believe in because different people believe different things, but it was never about that. It was, it was about property. And so if you're looking at inheritance, you need to know that you fathered the child. Well, in the good old days with no birth control, sex once could mean pregnancy. So if you married a young woman and she wasn't a virgin, she could turn up. And and the idea was to to make babies immediately. So lots of people got pregnant on the wedding night. Mm -hmm. So she could have turned, she could turn up already pregnant. And you wouldn't know if that child was yours or not. And then if you look back historically, and now we've got all of our genetic testing, yeah. you can go back far enough to realize that wasn't your daddy. <laughs> yeah, actually, I know. It's, it's funny, isn't it? But I mean, you know, the thing is, is that we now, the reasons that we had this are now superfluous. Right. So that it sees a resurgence, I find really um frightening because I really, it is about power and control. Um, and it, it works from the point of view that um, women are somehow um, evil temptress. Right. That will lead everybody astray. We seduced him. Obviously it wasn't his choice to, you know, have sex with us. We obviously seduced him. So we're a witch. Yeah, that too. And a sorceress. And now can't suffer a sorceress to live, I think was the <laughs> quote. I actually, yeah, you know, I, my Old Testament, I'm pretty good at. New Testament, not so, but the Old Testament, I'm pretty good at. It is quite frightening when we think about this. So these young women don't know what to feel about any of this. Right. And they right. enter marriage and they don't, they don't have, I mean, at least the Catholic Church does premarital counseling. 
Like they're not doing this sort of thing. They, right. and, and, and there's a little bit of information about sex. So. A little, not much, but a little bit of information from somebody who's never had sex about right. sex. <laughs> that we know of. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's like, okay. Um, I just, I find it so frustrating because I do these in-home parties. The amount of misinformation and the amount of disinformation and the amount of people who have no idea even what the actual body part names are for their genitals uh, you know so i literally met a woman one time who thought her clitoris and her cervix were the same thing oh my those are very far apart in the, yes, in they the are. Grand scheme of things yes they are and they have yeah. very different functions exactly and the it drives me insane and one thing that i do find very frustrating is i can't do parties with anybody who's under 18 but then i've met women who are 18 and have two children already. And I'm like, if somebody had talked to this girl about sex when she was 13 or 14 or 15 or 16. This is one of my grand crusades, Um, sex education. And this is in the United Kingdom as well in the schools is completely inadequate. Um, In America, people can opt out more easily than they can in the UK. Um, It is completely inadequate. It doesn't include pleasure, which is, to me, the most important thing. Yeah. Um, it doesn't include, you know, so basically sex, sex education looks like this is your anatomy, sort of. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, use these things to prevent pregnancy. Use these things to prevent disease. Here are all the horrible diseases that you can get. So you really shouldn't have sex. It doesn't talk about uh, all the uh, possible sexual orientations. It mm. doesn't talk about gender. It doesn't talk about relationships. Right. Right. Except to say that sex should be part of a loving relationship. That's not terribly useful. Right. It doesn't talk about the fact that if you don't know, the clitoris has no other function but to be pleasurable. So we have a sex organ that has nothing to do with procreation. Exactly. And it's on the outside where we could find it accidentally. Yes. (laughs) And I've had a lot of conversations about with women who have uh, found it accidentally. Uh, You know, car seats is now one of the main causes of children finding their clitorises. Um, There was well, and and they do it for and look anybody who thinks that little kids don't feel stuff. Oh my God. The masturbating two-year-old is definitely a thing. <laughs> it is, because it feels good. Um, one of my friends uh, was, had a swing set at school, and she shimmied up the swing set. And while she did, she hit that spot. And she's, she says, and I had an orgasm, and I shimmied up that swing set for the next three years, and it never happened again. <laughs> she knew. She knew what it was. Well, and the thing is, you know, I get a lot of parents um, concerned and I I do um, family court work um, over the years. I've done a lot of family court work and I'll it'll say in the brief that I get sexualized behavior. Right. And people are freaking out. The child's been abused or the child's seen something. Whenever I get a three year old with sexualized behavior, I want to know what does that mean? Right. Right. If they're going and trying to suck on another person's anatomy. okay, that's concerning. But if what you mean is they rub themselves everywhere and against everything, that is completely normal sexual development. Absolutely normal. And all one should do with it really um, is not shame the child. That's like the worst thing you can do. But very gently explain to them that some things we don't do in public. Right. Take it to the bedroom, the son. Yeah, and like, no, you can't do that while you're while you're cuddling me. Right. I did. You know, I did one time. I have to tell my grandson. He was probably too young to understand it, but uh, I was changing his diaper and he started to play. And I'm like, not while you're looking Grammy in the eyes, honey. (laughs) Like, like, I'll give you penis time, but just not while you're staring at me, if you don't mind. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But they don't understand that. But if you say it, you just say it gently and you move them on. So believe it or not, we're a few minutes towards break. Um, and so this is like an interesting one for me because I want to talk about one of the feelings being pleasure. Um, and then also, because you mentioned 
people having power. And I want to talk about power and agency when it comes to sex and relationships and what that means for us in terms of our emotions. Um, Because there's a whole hell of a difference between feeling overwhelmed emotionally when you're in a position of no power. Right. And actually knowing that you are able to make conscious choices. So even if you do have intense feelings, you, you can decide what you want to do with that. You can step back from it. You know, we can't do anything about the feelings. Feelings are feelings. They just are. Right. But we can decide how we manage them and what we do with them and whether we want to be in the situation that reproduces them. But we can only do that if we've got agency. And, and that's the thing that's unfortunately um, in short supply when there's no sex education that's viable that teaches people about these things. Right. I always feel like, um, and, I, and I talk about this when I'm talking to the college kids, when I talk about the condoms and stuff like that, and there's a, a girl said to me one time, she said, well, my boyfriend won't have sex with me without a condom. And I said, sweetie, you've forgotten that you have the power in this situation. I said, if you start to masturbate away from him, he'll put on two condoms and a pretty pink bow on his head if you say that's what you want. So it's, but she didn't understand that she had the power. Well, no, no. And, and, and then there's also that perverted sort of aspect of the power, which is like the power, because I know you want me. And then I use that in a, in a way that's not helpful. True. Because I know of no other way. I know of no other way to interact and I don't know how to talk about it. And if we could teach them one thing before they leave high school, that would make me so happy is to be able to have a conversation about sex and pleasure with another human being in a, like an adult type way. And I mean, I know they're not adults, but an adult type way, which actually using words and talking, not grunting. Um, So we'll be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors and we'll pick it up there. Your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. On the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week I'm with Braylene Toskoski. And today is a 
for all the feels. And this is the beginning of part three. Um, so we're still talking, or I mean, we're talking a lot about the kinds of things that people know and don't know about sex. Um, and and I, said, I said before the break, one of the things is an issue around uh, power and agency. And that actually you can't control how you feel. So sometimes you'll um, end up in a sexual situation that you're excited, you're there because you want to be there. And suddenly you're either overwhelmingly sad or anxious or upset, or maybe if you've been traumatized in the past, a trauma is triggered. And there's a sense a lot of the times that people don't know how to then back themselves out gracefully, right? I can't tell you how many times, particularly women, but men also, I hear this, well, you know, I've felt guilty about saying stop, so I just went along with it. Mm -hmm. And then when they look back on it, I, I now hear the worryingly with some young people, I now hear things like, um, well, that wasn't, I didn't have consensual sex. It wasn't consensual. And the reason I say worryingly is because um, if you didn't tell the other person to stop, then you consented, mm -hmm. right? That's on you. It's your responsibility there, not on them. And so when I hear people say that, it's, it's like, well, so are you blaming the other person? And a lot of times it appears to me that people locate all of the power and control and reasons and ability to do things, and, which is agency, outside of themselves. So you created this feeling in me, you, right? Yeah. Because I have no control, which when you mix that with sex is really dangerous. Boy, I can't tell you how many times I've thought kind of the same thing. You know, it's like if... It, like you said, well, and now the culture is changing. So it used to be very much, if you didn't say no, then you said yes. But now the culture is changing that you, you know, if they didn't say yes, they said no. Right. And, and that's fair. And what I like to tell people is you can say yes, you can say no, you can say no after you said yes, and you can say yes after you said no. But you have to, you have to give that message to your partner very clearly. Yep. Uh, and, and that's, and that's fair. But if you said yes, and then you changed your mind, but you didn't say anything or, you know, like, well, I didn't feel like I could, well, who, I mean, I wasn't there with you, so I don't know, but you couldn't say no. You, if you did not say no, the other person didn't know. Yeah. I mean, there, it's certainly, you know, neither of us is saying that there aren't circumstances in which somebody's coercive or in which somebody's right. abusive or, or those are truly non-consensual, non, exactly. non-consensual situations. But in the ones where they're with people that we actually like and want to be with, mm -hmm. we've got to be clear. Men and women have to be clear about what they want. Um, I was at uh, TED last year in, in Vancouver attending. Um, and um, a man, we were discussing what I do for a living. And a, and a man asked, he said, I'm really worried about, you know, I've got sons. And I'm really worried, you know, I tried to teach them what enthusiastic consent looks like and stuff, but it's really scary out there. Right. And I said, well, here's the thing. Tell them to get her to help you put the condom on. True. If she helps you put the condom on, she's definitely up for it. She may right. change her mind in the middle still, but aside from that, if she helps you put the condom on, that's consent. It's obvious consent. Right. If she starts to go, uh, you don't have consent, you should stop right then. Right. And for fuck's sake, wear a condom. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> Sorry. That's just a little just annoys me about it's like geez i've been married 23 years and we still use condoms because i decided that this is a national park service carry in carry out no child left behind like, <laughs> that's just the way i want it i don't want to clean up anybody's mess so i will enthusiastically put a condom on every time um and i think probably the best thing i did for at least my youngest daughter was teach her how to put a condom on, on a, uh, on a toy, obviously yeah. not. <laughs> I didn't bring her to a guy and be like, here, 
Um, but it was probably one of the best things I did because it gives her the power now to say you have to wear a condom. Yeah. I showed her, look, it's going to fit on something as big as my hand. It's not going to break. It doesn't change it, the sensation between not having sex and having sex with a condom is a lot more different than the sensation between having sex with a condom and not having a condom. So there's a feel for you. That's an important one to hear, right? It's a much smaller difference between <laughs> sex with a condom and, and sex no without sex. and no sex. <laughs> There's a much bigger difference, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's one of those things that I understand some people really don't like them and that's fine. And if you want a fluid bond with somebody, that's up to you. And for those of you who don't know what fluid bonding is, that's when you make a decision with a partner that you will exchange bodily fluids, right? You're right. still taking a risk. You're taking a risk because, you know, not everybody is 100% honest. Mm -hmm. Also because sometimes things just happen. And so people do um, get exposed in other ways. But that's, you're taking a calculated risk. And, and really, that's one of the other things I think everybody should be taught is how to risk assess when it comes to relationships and sex. Right. Like you risk assess when you get into, decide to get into a car are you going to put on a seatbelt or not? Yeah. Am I going to walk across the road at this place if I'm walking or not? Am I going to try this sport? You know, I'm going to ride horses. These are the risks. And, you know, we, we learn how to do that, um, although I'm not sure we teach it directly anymore, um, which we used to when I was younger. Uh, but, um, but people don't learn how to do it in terms of relationships. Like, okay. So if you know you're somebody who is quite an emotional person and because sex brings you physically closer to someone and it's enjoyable and it feels fucking great, that when you do something like that with somebody, you then have emotional feelings for them. Nothing wrong with that. But if you know that about yourself mm -hmm. and you don't want to be in a relationship, then you can make a decision. There's a risk that I'm going to fall in love with this guy who I know is a jerk or with this gal who I know is a jerk or with this gender fluid person who I know is a jerk, right? Yep. But I really think they're hot. Do I want to take the risk of falling in love and then not getting my romantic needs met or not? That's a real simple risk assessment. And people would be like, what? Do you actually think those things through? Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah, you can. You can actually think to yourself, is it worth it? Yeah. And I advise people to do that. It doesn't have to be a long drawn out thing. We're not having to get serious and ruin the mood. We're, we're think, think about you should have a strategy. And it's going to change over the course of your life. Because we go through different stages where we have different desires, different needs, different wants in all areas of life. You should have a strategy about sex and relationships. The same as you have a strategy about your fucking career that we put so much energy and effort into. The number of married people who don't have a strategy. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think, um, honestly, for a lot of girls, at least, probably boys, too, um, their strategy is lose my virginity and then they have no strategy after that um and i've seen that played out in college campuses as well where the girls come in and and i think next to um like prom night the second most likely group of time that women are most likely to lose their virginity and maybe boys is the first week of college where they're just they're out and they're partying and they're like all right i just need to get rid of this thing, thing. <laughs> and, and do it and and the and I know I saw it written somewhere but my experience is also that within at least the first month of college a lot of girls who had virginity the social construct of virginity going into college are trying to get rid of it and then afterwards talking about feelings they feel embarrassed they feel shamed they feel all of the things that if they had taken more time to risk assess, they probably would have felt better about themselves. Absolutely. So we're coming up to our final break in the show. And I want to talk about shame for sure. I mean, that is because um, that's a big one. Um, and that's the biggest one. The biggest negative feeling associated with sex in my experience is shame. Yeah. Um, and it's almost universal. And 
part of that comes from the fact that we still don't have decent education, so we don't learn to talk about things. So we also don't learn about how normal so many different things are, or, or even if they're not the norm, which means the average, they're not like a small percentage of the population. There's still a large number of people who desire the same things you do. So um, that would be a great way to spend the last part of the show. Yeah. I talk a lot about that in my, not a lot, but in my comedy show, I say, you know, if, if I'm saying that 40% of people like this, and that means 60% don't, but that means 40% do, and it's still a huge amount of people. Yes. So there's no, nothing wrong with you being the 40 or the 60 or the 25, 75, or even the 10, 90. That's still a fuck ton of people. Absolutely. Um, so we'll be back in a couple of minutes after a word from our sponsors. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Do you feel that you aren't at your best when it comes to your personal health? Even if your doctor gives you a clean bill of health and says everything is in working order, perhaps you aren't feeling at the top of your game. Dr. Rebecca Risk overcame pain and fatigue despite all tests to the contrary. Learn how she put her health back on track and how you can too on Falling Through the Cracks. Live every Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This is the last segment of A is for all the fields. And I am with Raylene Taskoski. Taskoski. And I have only mangled it once, haven't I? That was it. You've done such a great job. (laughs) I'm like, I work really hard not to mangle everybody's names. So we were talking about shame as a feeling just before the break. And I think this is a really important one. I really think that the, the main reason that we are have so much shame around sex is because we're just not given the information so that we can understand and normalize our desires. Exactly. It's it, And if you do something and you feel bad about it, then you're less likely to enjoy it the next time. So you got to get over that shame spiral so you can start to enjoy the things you want to enjoy. Yeah. And even the, the more far out things, I mean, you know, you were saying people don't realize how many people are into like um, when I try and talk to people about what be, what normal means, and I try and explain that like normal is a mathematical term. Mm-hmm. So right now it's normal for people to get clinically depressed at some point during their lifetime. That is not something I would be, you know, seeking to do, right? It's not a positive. Because it's normal doesn't mean it's positive. It's simply a mathematical statement about probability, right? So um, once you get rid of that idea of what's normal, what's not normal, then it is what do I desire and what am I comfortable with? And if I'm not comfortable with it, why? If I feel shame, why? Where did the message come from? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, I had a thought and it just popped right out of my head right then. (laughs) It will come back. 
So just thinking about, you know, things like um, spanking, for example, is, is incredibly popular. Like incredibly popular these days. You'd be hard pressed to find a couple that hadn't even ever considered it, even right. if they hadn't done it. <laughs> Sorry. My, um, my husband got me tickets to go see um, Spank. The uh-huh. uh, the musical and uh, for Christmas he said how how do you feel about getting spanked and I looked at him and I'm like by you <laughs> which led to all sorts of hilarity and then he bought it for me and it's um, I I would not enjoy, I like the idea of being spanked I'm not a fan of physical pain and I was spanked in uh, my Christian school growing up and it was not a pleasant experience for me so here's That's a good one, though. That's a really important one. So here's the thing. Two points to that. One is, is that there are a lot of people who had that schoolgirl experience who now enjoy it because of that. Right. (laughs) Which is interesting. It's 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 uh, you know, our brains are really interesting things. They make an odd erotic connection between that like humiliation and and, Mm. and pain. And now, however, what's really interesting to me about that is to highlight that you can have a fantasy that's really hot and indulge in it in your head all you want and talk about it, talk erotic with your partner all you want. But when you actually try it, it's not so hot. Right. And so lots of those. (laughs) Yeah. But so, but there's nothing wrong with that. You you know, indulge in, indulge in the fantasy in your head then don't ruin that. Right. You know, by thinking you need to go and do it. If you really know that it, if you act it out, it's not going to, it's not, not going to work. It'll be an uncomfortable, cringy situation. Yeah. So it's like, okay, I don't need to act that out, but I can enjoy it in my head. Mm-hmm. Yep. I've got a very, very active sex life in my head. Well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> my outside sex life is well. I mean, we've been doing it bi-weekly since we got together, you know, but back then bi-weekly meant twice a week and now it means twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, but twice a month after 23 years is pretty good goings. It's not bad. It's probably more than that, but the joke works with the word biweekly. Yeah, it does. I mean, and also the idea is, though, it's, I mean, you know, there are people who don't have sex because they don't want to have sex. Um, But there are a lot of relationships where sex has become a battleground or an area that can't be talked about because of things like, um, body changes that go on in life because of kids, because of yeah. anger in the relationship. And so there are a lot of couples that don't have sex, but really would love to if they could kind of sort themselves out. I would say my, my least favorite story, and it's actually this, the start of my Ted talk, if I ever get one um, was a woman uh, who was at one of my parties and she was miserable. She would not participate. She didn't want to touch anything. She didn't want to talk about anything, didn't want to fill out a form, nothing. And of course, who's the first person to come into the shopping room that night? This woman. And she comes in and she shuts the door. She leans against the door. She does this big, heavy sigh. And then she bursts into tears. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on here? And this was very, this was back 12 and a half years ago when I first started doing the parties. And she said, um, three and a half years ago, after the birth of our second son, my husband decided we were done having sex and he moved all of his stuff into the spare bedroom and he doesn't want a divorce. He just doesn't think we need to have sex anymore. And I don't think I'm okay with it. Wow. And I was heartbroken for her. And that was the day I realized that what I was doing was more than just parties. Um, yeah. And she wanted something quiet and something small so as not to embarrass her husband. And I was like, honey, if I was you, I would get the biggest jackhammer we have. I would walk past his bedroom and go, if you need me, I'll be in there. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was just completely unfair that he decided they were done having sex. That, and that un- left her feeling emotionally abandoned. And that is unfortunately not um, a story I haven't heard before, right? Um, I've heard, I've heard, you know, the, the, the myth is, is that, that women stop wanting it and men are quite happy to go on forever. Um, and it's just not necessarily true. I've, I've had just as many men be the ones who are being the refusers for whatever reason than women. Um, and I just, you know, 
in case people wonder, you can have sex until they put you in the grave, right? Yes. There's, there's not a, a, a stop point to this. Um, if you I've worked breathing, with, you can still orgasm. That's right. <laughs> and I've worked with clients in their 70s um, who are one woman who, who was a, a widow and wanted to start dating again. So we were working on her fears around that and her fears around having not had sex for a number of years and what would it be like and what would she want to do and who would she approach? So, you know, well, my oldest customer is 94. Love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. Oh. So, you know, and that's the physical feels guys. So you can still get the physical feels until exactly. you go. That's wonderful. I actually intend to die having an orgasm. I feel bad for whoever's there with me. I assume since men usually die before women, it won't be your husband. Right? <laughs> it won't be him. But if it is, I feel bad for him. But that's yeah. how I intend to go out. Coming while going. Exactly. Absolutely. So um, we are actually only a few minutes from close. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at standupcomedysexed.com um, and also at pureromancebyraylene.com. Um, I do comedy shows that combine the two things. I also have a talk called Let's Talk About Sex, the value of open, honest discussions about women's sexual health that I'm hoping someday will be a TED Talk. Um, and I do that locally uh, at women's luncheons and dinners and stuff like that. Fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. Thank you again for coming. And I would uh, like to again thank the folks at Ballsy and send you over to ballwash.com. They sponsored this episode. Don't forget to use the code ATOZ20 to grab a great Valentine's Day gift. And there's even the Your Incredibles Heart gift set, which has three nut rub solid colognes, including a limited edition Valentine's Day scent, Drift and Dunes. Join me again next week when the letter will be B. I'm looking forward to seeing you all then. And um, if you have an idea for the show or an idea for a guest or a question left over from any of the shows recently, please email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.com. If you're in the UK on Valentine's Day, come out to Soho to the Turn Me On Festival where I'll be talking about how to spice it up. And um, on the 26th of February, I'm having a London secret supper. If you're interested in a very exclusive, small event, email me and maybe you will be lucky and get a ticket. I'll see you all next week. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to LoriBeth at drlaurybethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week. <laughs>